It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. I'm Lila Randall, and welcome to Bring It On, a multiple award-winning program celebrating over 12 years as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting African Americans. And good evening, I'm Cornelius Wright, and in today's broadcast, you'll also hear about a significant milestone in the African American community that often gets overlooked. We're talking about the Juneteenth celebration, all in the next hour on Bring It On. But first, along with acting, Cornelius, our distinguished host, has a, had a lifelong dream of captivating a crowd with his humor. He finally got a chance to perfect his comedic talents by taking part in a recent series of workshops. He recently got an opportunity to showcase ta- his talents before a live audience. Along with Cornelius, Renee Reed is here to talk about being bitten by the comedy bug. Cornelius and Renee, welcome to Bring It On. Welcome, Thank you. welcome. Yoo-hoo. So how are we going to start here? So, Renee, let's start with Renee. Can you tell me what made you do it and how was it? Okay, what made me do it? Well, a lot of people say I'm funny, and that's just more than funny looking. But uh, this, you know, I'll tell a story or something, and they're, oh, you're so funny, you should, you should be a comedian, you know. And I recently entered my 40s, even though we all know you can't tell. It's not cracking. It's not cracking. No cracks in this black. (laughs) But uh, uh, I said, okay, it's time to do it. I heard about the little workshop that they have over at, uh, it's part of the Waldron Arts Series. um, And it was taught by a wonderful comedian, Matt Alano Martin. And they get you all ready. So I said, that's the way for me to do things. I like to dig in a little bit and learn. Um, So I wanted to get that, you know, that was a a thing. I've been acting and dancing, all these things all my life. But I wanted to try comedy. It's a a different flavor. What about you, Cornelius? Somewhat the same. Um, Always joking around in school, playing the dozens and and just being crazy. And a little different path. I said that one night I was just going to have a couple drinks and go up and do an open mic and to see what happened. And I put that on Facebook and Renee saw it and she said, well, you know, they've got this class at the Waldron Arts. And when she told me that, I went and I looked it up, I saw it, and as she said, Madelano Martin is just awesome. The whole class, the way it's structured, Mm -hmm. the way they get you prepared, Mm -hmm. it was just a fantastic experience. And Mm -hmm. so I decided to do it and uh, it was fun. It was a ball, actually. Yeah, it's quite a lot of fun. And they get you ready for it. You know, you, you start off with a little bit of, of like history and, and different styles of comedy. That's the first week. And then it's like, what, six weeks long? Five. Five weeks. And so then the second week, you're going to produce one minute of comedy. The third week, it's going to be three minutes. And then the fourth week, you're at five minutes. And then that fifth week is showtime. So you get on your feet really fast. That sounds like really fast. And, and listening to a lot of your classmates, it was just really interesting. You know, you go in with these ideas of what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then as they structure, you know, how you should put it together. Mm-hmm. and but, but one of the funny things, as Renee mentioned, the first class, they w- kind of went over the history of comedy, mm-hmm. going way back. And we had a young man in our class that's a freshman at Bloomington South. 
Really? Yeah, and he did really well. But, but it was so funny because when they showed a clip of Eddie Murphy Raw, oh. his eyes got big, and he said, I never knew Eddie Murphy was a stand-up comedian. How could oh. you not he's know? Not, he's 15 years old. Oh, he's a baby. He's seen Shrek. He's seen all these other things. Yeah. He had no clue, and oh. the class just cracked up. That would be terrible. The second class, he came back and said, oh, my God, I went on Yahoo and saw Eddie Murphy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he got an education real quick. Thinking but, of Eddie Murphy as just Dr. Doolittle and, and, and Shrek, yeah. you know, when Raw was so real. Exactly. That was, like, some of the basic tenets. That's when you really could get into them doing it arena style and superstar status was right around then when Eddie Murphy he was doing raw and the jokes that he told you can't even tell those jokes no, anymore no 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 <laughs> well you could but you'd be frowned you, upon that would not work well that would they're not work only well. gonna work for eddie right so yes, not even for eddie anymore anywhere. because they're dated there's just some jokes now you know i struggled with this a little bit like oh do i want to play into you know stereotypes and things like that and it's like no now is not the time to really be playing in stereotypes we're at a special time in our country when we need to be a little bit more delicate but we can talk about other things there's a host of other things that you can discuss in comedy and exploring that was a really a lot of fun okay so more about the process the process that you went through during the class well so you start off with that one minute okay, okay. it doesn't seem like a lot uh, a lot of people you know and he just he threw us in there okay there were how many people were in your class there was about probably about 12 or 15 yeah were you in the same class no she was at the show i went to the show show. okay uh there were about 15 people in my class to start uh we we ended maybe with like 11 or you know 10 or 11 people it's scary uh so you, you get that first little section and then they say go write a minute and and the minute my first minute I told a little story, I think, about my son, you know. And so when you're going into storytelling mode, that can get kind of long. So it was like, okay, you know, get to that punchline kind of thing and that process. And so you workshop it. You do that first minute. Your classmates listen to you. And then, you know, they kind of give you some critiques. And he had talked about different things like punching up, punching down. So what does that mean? Punching up or down, like punching down would be talking about something or someone who was less fortunate than yourself, you know. Um, So many examples, right? You know, it's kind of like, what could we use for punching down Cornelius? Well, you're making yourself feel a lot better about yourself by 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 hurting somebody. I mean, you know, they used to say that being uh, the to be the president of the United States, you really had to be an intelligent man. Well, we now know that's not the truth. Oh, I mean, yeah. so that's kind of yeah. But that's actually a punch up. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's a punch up. And so a punch up is kind of like if a person sort of middle class and we're like making fun of the rich or the one percenters. And those are the people who are kind of like free game. So if you're going to make make fun of like disabled people or something like that, that would be punching down. Um, less fortunate people. But punching up, you can go after Republicans. You could go after uh, our current administration. You could go up, you know so many ways you could punch up. Which no one did. I think everyone just stayed away from politics because as you mentioned, it's kind of a sensitive time in this country. So no one, no one kind of went there. Yeah. And it's, and it's so easy. I mean, right now let's do something more interesting than just making fun of the current administration. (laughs) Just, you know, well, yeah. I found it interesting that you mentioned that you did the first thing about your son because I did the first thing about my daughter. Yeah. And it was just something that, you know, we've got, well, years of Children material. Children are comedy gold. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and you had to think of something. Well, the one thing, you had to be original. 
You couldn't come up with someone else's comedy. You couldn't right. come up with another line. So yeah. that took a couple things out because I had a couple of things I thought were really kind of cute. And he uh -huh. says, no, that's not yours. And I'm no. like, ah, okay. Yeah. And uh, so that was really. And his, Matt, Matt Alana Martin, his knowledge was vast. He, he, he could listen, you know, and here you are, you have 15 people, they're giving you five minutes, but he's able to kind of recall what you said and give you notes on what you said. And oh, when you said this, that was really good. Give, you know, the rule of three was mentioned, you know, just these various, or, or callbacks. What does it do when you call back, you know, a callback on a joke that had a specific name for callbacks. I think it might be callbacks. And actually, I, I have my notes. I should have brought it because I have too. my folder in the car. Right. I was like, should I bring this? Like, nah, no. I should have because it's got everything We're on it. We're bad students. We can bring our notes with us. <laughs> so, so what's the rule of three? So when you say these words, I'm like, it's clicking. I'm like, okay, maybe the callers don't understand what the rule of three is. I know I don't. So okay, what's the, rule, the of three? rule of three is like it's it's funnier if you get three examples of it, you know. I was talking of my finger earlier right. when mm -hmm. I was right. telling you about that. Right. And then I was telling you about the license plate that I wanted to get. You, you and know, then she came you know, back you know what, Cornelius, you, you know what, you, you could tell one of those can, jokes that you had. It, uh -oh. it, it, it's, it's pretty safe. Be careful, safe. Cornelius. It's pretty safe. Well, <laughs> it's not too bad. Well, I, a few are, are we going to do this now? We're going to do this toward the end. Well, a few years ago, I, I lost a finger in, in an accident. And uh, I, I went to them, and this that's a true story. And I went to the motor vehicles a couple of weeks after because I wanted to get a license plate to commemorate uh, my mess up. And I asked the clerk for a license plate that said nine and a half. Uh -oh. And she told me that that was sexually suggestive and she couldn't do it. So I held my hand up and said I was referring to my fingers, but I like the way you think. But I'm Shane, that's one. And uh, so she kind of looked at me and she said, well, uh, we've got one that says stub. Oh, but I'm saying that's too. And you know, I, I kind of looked in, in shame and says, "Wow, I didn't know she knew me." <laughs> three. Bring it home. That's three. So that's three. So you know, we, and, and as you're in your class, you know, you come up with your one normally, and then mm -hmm. they, some of your classmates will say, "Well, you know, this or that." Oh, and this would be even funnier if you put yes. that in and there. And so yeah. then you can kind of add on to it. So mm -hmm. it, it was really fun, and it, it got you to really thinking. You had to sit yeah. down there, and you get to three and five minutes. It's kind of like, hey, hmm. what am I yes. talking about? Right? Yeah. Okay. So what's one of your one of your jokes? Do you remember? Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I just remember talking about. My children, oh gosh, my jokes were kind of storytelling jokes, so I don't want to take up too much time getting into it. But you could go to my Facebook page and look me up, Renee Reed, and you'll be able to see my little five-minute set. Um, I talked about my kids. I talked about, um, let's see, my son. Um, I was talking about how, you know, you want your kids, you want everything to be able to be there for all of your children. Um, whenever they do anything, you want to be able to to be there for them. But, you know, I just wish that there was a little ticker in the cloud that every time I went to see my son and he was the third tree from the left, you know, that I would get, you know, just a little just a little tick would go off, right? Or, or when I go to listen to my son play the viola and it sounds like he's swinging a cat around the tail that just somewhere in the sky a little a little ticker would go off and that eventually sometime somewhere there would just be that much of a guarantee that they wouldn't turn into serial killers <laughs> you, know, you, know, you never know you never know but just give me a little credit for going to this stuff now i thought it was interesting and i'm, I'm gonna kind of ask you about this renee in our See, class we had one woman and all men really and i heard your class was almost it the was, exact opposite it was uh we actually were were sexually balanced in that well 
we were balanced by gender. (laughs) 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 We were balanced by gender. Uh, We probably had equal amounts of men and women in there. Because I think that would have really been kind of neat because men and women think differently. So to get the perspective from a woman, I think I would have gone home with a lot more crazy ideas Mm -hmm, in my head. mm -hmm. So that that would have been interesting. Yeah, It was interesting being in there and, and listening to people's the way, you know, there was one young man that I thought, wow, he seems super nervous, but that was actually his affectation. He mm-hmm. he kind of like got on stairs on stage and presented this nervous front. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, it was the opposite. I was like terrified. And so when it was ever, you know, whose turn is it next? I go, I'm next because I have to get out of there. Mm-hmm. I'm so terrified to do this. And on stage, I was told, you don't seem like you're afraid of anything at all. It's like, oh, I was about to poop my pants. You're an actress. <laughs> you know, right? Exactly. I acted like I knew what I was doing. <laughs> well, from your perspective, you were in the audience. You saw all of those people go up on stage for the first time. Mm-hmm. What did you think? No one really seemed really nervous. Everyone had a different, ooh, aura Mm -hmm. and so it just made a different variety so everyone was funny in their own way and I guess that's why he wanted everybody to be individual Mm -hmm. because I did notice that men have a tendency to think about parts of the body that women don't really care about Mm -hmm. like you know pooping and farting Mm -hmm. and all this other kind of stuff which Mm -hmm. you know they're not my favorite topics but actually some of them were actually funny Mm -hmm. and the, the young the young guy that you were talking about that was 15 he 15. could only talk. He could only talk about how his parents are really annoying to him. You know? And I was like, but it was It was funny because I was I was thinking when I asked my daughter something, I'm sure she's thinking the same thing he was thinking. You know, so it, it was like his perspective in a funny way. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he would say, you know, I'm in class and my mom texted me a letter. He said she's so annoying. She said, give you an example. I'm in class and she texts a letter and says. Mm-hmm. Sweetie, how was your day today? So annoying, overly <laughs> aggressive. She's so aggressive. Seriously, mom. <laughs> she was like, could you please, no, she was like, could you please clean up your room? So aggressive. That <laughs> <laughs> was like, I, you know, he, he said, I'm watching videos on YouTube. So aggressive. You know, so, but I think to them, that's what they, they, they feel. You know, they feel like, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're invading on their space and they're mm-hmm. resting. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what, it's time to get it on and keep moving. So he was kind of cute. It was kind of interesting that because one of the interesting things was because we each had guests to come to see Mm -hmm, us, mm -hmm. and his peers are all in high school. Mm -hmm. So that he asked, he said, um, because normally I think it's sixteen or seventeen to get in, and he's had a lot of fourteen and fifteen year olds and. They were like, well, uh, do their parents know? And they said, oh, no, they're coming with their parents. Okay, like, well, so, they, well, yeah, they're coming with their parents. They said, now, yeah. you do know there's going to be adult themes and uh-huh. this and that. They're like, yeah. And okay. I was watching this table. <laughs> so, yeah, all of, our, all of his aggressive parents were there. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we were all there. Okay, so what else can you tell us about your experience and after the aftermath of it? And I have a question for you also, Rick. Have you done it again? Have you gone to any open mic since? I have not been back. I tell you what, it was terrifying. I I relive it over and over. You ever have a thing that you did and you walked in and you said something and it was just so embarrassing and you're like, I can't believe I did that. I'll never do that again. That And so I have that feeling all the time about it. And it's like, I can't believe I told those jokes, you know. And uh, cause one of my jokes that I'm 
trying not to tell now. But, <laughs> but it was just like, I was like, oh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to talk about my butt. But I was like, I have to. See? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I guys always go there. I have to talk about my butt because, hey, look at it. And so that was like. <laughs> yes. I know. I've been I've been trying to get some out of them. Trying to well, get us. Well, well, what I told was about my daughter um, yes. and the importance of men getting involved in their children's education at an early age. Mm-hmm. I came home from work one day. My daughter was five years old. And she said, Daddy, Daddy, I learned the days of the week. I'm like, wow, that's great. I said, let me hear it. And she said, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Payday. Payday. <laughs> I was there. Yeah, you know, I was waiting for it. It, it was like, uh, wait, what, what happened to the weekend? She said, there is no weekend without Without payday. You know? <laughs> and so as she got <laughs> older, she work. still had that, that, that expensive love and those tastes. And she asked me, she said, Daddy, when I graduate from college, will you buy me a BMW? Of course. My daughter's a proud alumna from Indiana University. And true to my word, I got her a BMW. And I must tell you, it was by far the best model car I've ever put together. It was <laughs> <laughs> How'd she feel about that joke? Oh, well. <laughs> it wasn't children, a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Were your children in the audience? No. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was kind of fun. I, and we kept it clean. And when I do go back, it, it will be a little more um, on the Murphy Pryor type. Yeah, it's, it's going to get real. But it, it was a good I time. I struggled with that a little bit because I thought, do I want to be the kind of comedian that cusses a lot, that tells all these like Mama Mabel raunchy type jokes and that sort of thing uh, and I was try- I was really trying to stay you know on the cleaner side on the maybe I'll run for office kind of side <laughs> just not try to dig in well as, as Matt told the class mm-hmm. the first time you go up he really didn't think that you should get into the real dirty mm-hmm. explicit jokes mm-hmm. or, or ethnic type jokes just kind of keep it clean and mm-hmm. so I tried to stick to that. Yeah, we tried to stick. <laughs> but yeah, no, I haven't been back. I haven't been to any more open mics. Uh, it's. I, I wish there was a part two. Are we going to start our own part two class? We Cornelius? need to talk to Matt about that. Well, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. We can maybe maybe we maybe you'll just see like a whole black folks set, you know, if you get one person going <laughs> through every class, then we you know, it takes us about just, five years to get us And I out. almost mentioned something about that on stage is you know, I was the only uh, uh-huh. dark spot in the audience wow. you know, on stage that wow. night. So, you know I, I, I was out there, I went on well, the stage. No, but so. on stage, you know, it was kind of there, there was a whole lot of stuff we could have gone that way. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> So, so what would both of you say to people that are thinking about doing this? I would recommend trying it. it. Just join, do the class. The class was very inexpensive. It was only like $50, you know, so we're talking about $10 a class. Uh, if nothing else, you'll have that experience because the final project is get on stage and do it. Uh, so you're working towards a very achievable goal and they're being guided towards it. And I would say, you know, step out. Go ahead, do it because it's it's easy enough. Even you know, with if if any fears you might have had, mm-hmm. they'll help you overcome them and really get you a tight set together for that first five minutes. Also, with it being our first five minutes, we were bringing all our friends and family, 
-hmm. you're bringing all your friends and family. The audience was very merciful, I would Mm -hmm. say. You know, they were super kind to us. You don't look in the audience and see this grim face. And that's Mm -hmm. what my huge fear now is about going back on stage and doing another five minutes. It's not going to be all of my friends out there in the audience. When I tell a joke, I just got to wait for it to land. And so that overcoming that fear is like, I wish there was a part two class, overcoming your fear of comedy kind of thing. And one other thing, there was a couple people in, in our class that wanted to do the class simply to get over their fear of public speaking, mm. to get on stage and just get comfortable in that in that uh, genre, mm-hmm. which was kind of weird to me. I mean, public speaking in itself is difficult, but to try to make someone laugh, if that's your yes. culture. But, but uh, I would tell anyone, do it. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. The class, the teacher, they will get you through it. They mm-hmm. will walk you right through it. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, Renee, very supportive. as Renee stated, everyone there is a friend. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because, you know, I, I've got several friends and they said, oh, we're going to be the hecklers in there. And I oh, said, no, please don't. And there I were, said, there oh. were no hecklers. So people that are interested in that nobody heckled anybody. Well, no. <laughs> and, and they basically told folks uh, on stage not to heckle anyone. Right. But I laughed because I had something for the hecklers. Oh, I had a set for them. They, oh. They, oh, yes, Lord. I played the dozens in school for a long time. So, yeah, I told one buddy in particular, I said, you know, I've got the mic and I know your secrets. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. He's got receipts up here. Yes, indeed, and pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Remind me not to cry to you, Cornelius. (laughs) So the five minutes, it seems like, could you actually see people in the audience? Because it seemed like, you know, it was a small, intimate setting. Mm -hmm. But when the light is blaring on you, are you actually connecting with the audience and seeing the audience? I'm just asking. Right from the stage, uh, you could see very clearly that, you know, there's the people to the side, the left side of the stage, the people right in front of you, and then the people off to the right. So you have probably a good 30 to 50 faces staring up at you, and then the rest of the people are kind of blinded out by the light. And and that was great for me. I just Mm -hmm. caught a couple people that early started laughing Mm -hmm, and had the smiles, mm -hmm. so I kind of concentrated and made eye contact with those folks. and you just want to talk, you just get intimate with them, yeah. Yeah. And And that just made it a whole lot easier. Once once the first laugh happened, you was off and running, because that's the scariest thing. I said, I'm going to get up there, I'm going to say something, they're just going to look at me like, okay, and? Did you you see your light when it went off? I didn't see my light. No, I did not see a light he's we were about 10 for 10 on missing the light you could say light you at the end so when you're about one minute out so you're at four minutes they give you a light to say you got one minute left till your last joke and then they blink the light at you it's just like a cell phone on light and 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 they blink it at you at five minutes and uh nobody in our class saw it it. at all because you're just in it Mm -hmm. and i i remember thinking have I even been lit, you know? <laughs> and then, but I was done. My set was over. Thank you and good night. But um, yeah, it, it goes so fast. And the only thoughts in my head was like, oh, I can't believe they're laughing. I can't believe I'm standing up here. That kind of thing. It goes so fast. It does. It really mm-hmm. did. It was. It was like a. Bl- it was too fast. Actually, I'm like, I can stay up here another five minutes. Oh, this really? Is you cool. got you got a ten minute set now. Oh, I, oh gosh, I had a ten minute set going. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess if you gave me the time and the and the work, I could probably do it. I watched so many. Did you did you watch other comedians? I I I pulled up lots of black female comedians, mm-hmm. 
and just watch them and see, you know, what do you have? What do you have to offer? I did not. I, 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 I The one thing I took, I wanted to make sure the mannerisms and I kind of had this going on. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, I've seen two comedians that just stuck out, stuck out in my head. Mm-hmm. I saw Dick Gregory years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I, well, I saw Richard Pryor. Oh, goodness. And yeah, so that was what said, I, w- I want to see if I could make someone laugh like that. And oh so seeing goodness. them, and I had it all in it with Eddie and the different things. Were you just floored when they showed the video about uh, Richard Pryor in his early days, when he was clean, he had a conk? Oh, I remember that. You re- Obviously, I was, Were you there? I, yeah, well, I, was, <laughs> I saw it on TV. I saw those same TV shows, yes. <laughs> Wasn't in the house, but yeah, I, I definitely remember that. So those were your two idols. Any other idols? And what? Are, who are your idols? You said female, female stand-up comedians. So what? Who? Who are you watching? Oh, oh, oh! Gosh, I can't remember her name, but she is absolutely filthy. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was so filthy. I mean, the joke she was telling make me blush, and I'm too dark to blush. But they're, they're such great jokes, you know. I, do you remember Whoopi Goldberg's stand but when oh, she did yes. her oh, yeah. one woman show? Oh yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that oh, yeah. I remember that so well because I was that little girl doing the uh, same thing, putting the 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 t-shirt, t-shirt on my head and yeah. going, I got beautiful long oh, blonde yeah. hair. <laughs> so I remember that so well. Oh. And um, who's who's in Ghostbusters right now? Uh, oh gosh, I know who you're talking Leslie, about. She's hilarious. Leslie? Leslie, I can't remember Leslie's name. Tall, tall. beautiful woman. Yeah. And uh, Cheryl Underwood always had me in tears when she was on Def Comedy Jam. Mm-hmm, I would just be mm-hmm. in just tears watching her. Mm-hmm. And the characters when people when people will pull a character and all of a sudden I'm all come here, baby. You know, it's like I got an old lady. I've been waiting to be an old lady since I was born. So <laughs> I've I've been working on that and yeah, I was I found that in my comedy in my comedy set as well. Okay. Now I found it really interesting. The first class I took, mm-hmm. I was supposed to be co hosting the radio show. Uh-oh. And as it turned out that night, the guest was a young man who's the only person at Indiana University to get a degree in comedy. Was it through the IMP? Well, the Individualized a special, Major yes, Program? Yeah. Yes, yes, I went through that program as well. He, he got his comedy, mm-hmm. and I d- didn't have the opportunity to talk to him. I think William and someone else hosted uh, I'm like, he should have run over there to Waldron Arts and talked to the class yeah, when he got done. But I'd really love to talk to him just to get his per- whole perspective on how he did it, what he did. And, and he was on this show, so it was a black guy. Yes. Oh, I do want to meet him Yes, 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 yes. I need to listen to this podcast, actually, yeah. and uh, check it out. But, yeah, we need to get with him, and maybe he could do a part two class. Hey, hey, we got three. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Fellow comedians, so, so contact gonna, oh, we're gonna us. We're going to shout out to everybody who else wants to to give us a give us a tweet or give us a call or email us at um, Bring It On to see if they want to start another class. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, and and for those of you that are interested, just go on to the Waldron Arts website, and they have, what are the classes? At the The, Waldron? Yeah, the link that you... Oh, gosh. Now you're asking hard questions. Well, you know what, guys? It's through Ivy Tech. It's through Ivy Tech. Ivy Tech. It's through their... um, L- lifelong, learning. lifelong learning, lifelong learning, okay. lifelong now we know it. learning series, <laughs> yes. um, and you can find that. I'm not sure how often they do it. So you guys did it like we in the spring. Did, yeah, uh-huh. the they'll offer spring. it again in the in, in the, the fall. In the fall. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. When you did it in the spring, so they offer, mm-hmm. but they're not, I don't think I've seen that out there this summer. They're not offering mm-hmm. this summer. Not for the summer. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So it's somebody is putting their fingers up and they're saying it's almost time to end this so what would you like to say to our listeners about your experience and um, how you have benefited from it what, what what did you take away from that experience 
Well, for me, I, it was everything I thought it would be. It was a, it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the part that I didn't expect was the writing aspect, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed. The, th- <laughs> the the one thing that's happened since then, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I'm in the gym, I'm wherever I'm at, and someone has always got a joke. And I've got to sit there and smile are they, are they, and laugh. Are they, add, are they telling you to add this to their show, or oh are they, they want you to critique them? No, they want me. They, I got something for you. You can do this. You can do that. Yes, yes, yes. And they don't realize it. It's got to be you. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't live someone else's experience and put mm-hmm. it in my. But. But it was it was a blast. I really enjoyed it. And, and having a couple people come up to me and say, weren't you at the comedy club, Attic? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you did a great job. Right. So and that, now we both have our, you know, memorial, m- memorabilia of having our picture taken up on that stage with the greats. You know, yes. I saw one of my favorite comedians, Paul Reiser, there. And, yeah, that's my secret shame that I'm in love with Paul Reiser. Okay. Tell no one. Okay. She says into the microphone. Uh, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, I saw him on on that stage and I've seen so many other comedians on that stage and to actually be on that stage and Bloomington is very well known for the comedy addict mm-hmm. so to actually be able to get up there myself and and see it from that side it was truly a groundbreaking experience for me okay. indeed okay, okay so we want to thank Cornelius Wright and Renee Reed for joining us to discuss their comedic skills and their journey to perfecting their craft. I don't know about perfecting, but it was fun. <laughs> Bring It On has an open submission <laughs> policy. So if you have an idea for this program, let's hear it. Send an email to our volunteer staff. The address is bringiton at wfhb.org. We want to make sure we share everything and anything affecting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. The email address, once again, is bring it on at wfhb.org. Support for WFHB comes from Bike Smith's Bicycle Shop, established in 1975. Bike Smith sells Cannondale and Giant Bicycles, services all makes, and provides accessories. Open every day, a half block south of the courthouse and a half block east of the B line at 112 South College, is where you will find Bike Smith's Bicycle Shop. Support for WFHB also comes from Juanita's Restaurant, located at 620 West Kirkwood. Juanita's Restaurant is a family-owned and operated business that brings Mexican cuisine to Bloomington. Catering service is also available. More at 812-339-2340 or online at juanitas.com. in my 
In a salute of the summer temps we're expected to experience this week, we wanted to get the jump on things and play some cool summer breeze by the Isley Brothers. While Sills and Croft are credited with the original version, the song was covered in a hard rock soulful style by the Isley Brothers as a single in 1974. Issued also on their 1973 album, 3 Plus 3, it reached number 60 on the pop singles chart, number 10 on the R&B singles chart, and number 16 on the UK singles chart. The Isley's version is notable not only for the harmonies of the three vocals, Isley, o O'Kelly, Isley O'Kelly, Rudolph, and the lead singer, Ronald, but also for the guitar solo by the younger brother, Ernie. Ernie, one of my favorites. He, uh, I was at a well, I tried to get into a concert with them, Richard Pryor concert, and it was sold out. We were walking away despondent, and Ernie Isley was walking through the parking lot with his guitar, and I carried it in as I was a band member, and I will never forget that experience as long as I live. That, that was awesome. amazing. This is Bring It On, the People's Forum for Black Culture in South Central Indiana and beyond. Are you a tweeter? You're invited to follow the WFHB News Twitter account. This is a great way to get breaking news and updates on what's going on behind the scenes and on the air with WFHB News. Go to Twitter.com and search for WFHB News. Or you can always visit WFHB's news website at WFHB.org news. Bring It On is Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community. Here on WFHB 91.3 FM and live on the web at WFHB.org. For Bring It On, I'm Leela Randall. And I'm Cornelius Wright. At the top of the hour, we shared that we wanted to talk about Juneteenth, a significant milestone in the African-American community that often gets, that often gets overlooked. Here to enlighten us about the Juneteenth holiday and other activities of interest for the black community is bio contributor Liz Mitchell. Liz, hey, welcome, Liz. Morning. How you doing? Great. Happy Monday. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. In this heat. <laughs> now, you know what they say about people that are really happy on Mondays. Okay, tell it's me. A joke. We're retired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's just Saturday every day. Not, not retired yet, okay? That is not a good joke for me, guys, okay? That's the truth. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Liz, um, give us a little bit of history about Juneteenth, because you are, you are our expert, you are well, in-house um, historian, too. So. Well, let's see, you know, I've got so much in my head and so okay. much leaves at my age. Uh, Juneteenth is in celebration of when the last slaves were released from slavery. It took three, a couple years, three years for the word to get down south as the truth, the, the uh, Union troops went down through the South and had to release slaves. We had to force some of the slave owners to say, hey, we won the war and you slavery no longer exists in America. And so I believe it was down in Galveston, Texas on the 19th of June. I can't remember what year it was. It was at least three years out from the war that uh, those last slaves were released and then they started celebrating June 19th and it just carried on throughout the nation. Uh, we, um, the last few years, especially here in Bloomington and I hear in other places also, they are uplifting this holiday in celebration. And for me, I think it's really important and even if you didn't think so last year or the year before, this year, look around and please celebrate your freedom. I don't care if you're African-American or whoever. Let's this year, this June, celebrate 
being free here in America. I think it's really, really important. Indeed. Yeah. Because it's not everywhere that everybody is free. Yeah. And, we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're in troubled times in right. the world. Right. So Americans, we really need to uplift and appreciate the freedoms that we have here and what we're able to do. Mm-hmm. And so whether or not you want to celebrate the African-American celebration of Juneteenth, well, make it your own reason to celebrate being free here in America. Justice and equality would be a good start. Hello. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, in Bloomington, when I first moved here back in 89, it seemed that every year there was some type of Juneteenth celebration going on at Bryant Park uh, yes. somewhere. And in the last few years, that's kind of faded. Now, I know this year we're trying to do a little something to kind of get back in the mix since there's a, an event going on this weekend. And yeah. why don't you tell our listeners about that? I'll be glad to tell you about the event, but to kind of answer your concerns about things fading, we need the younger generation to step up. Um, I was involved with uh, the celebrations and stuff in the last years, but then as I get older, we have to scale back. I can't do as much as I used to do. And then I have to decide what projects to me are really important. So it I think the younger generation, anybody in their 30s or 40s, that's young to me, mm-hmm. step up to the plate and, and help us people that are, are a little older than that. And that will bring some of that stuff back to life if they have an interest. Uh, about what's going on this weekend, Juneteenth weekend, the resilience team has decided to do Mama Minnie's Jute Joint again. It's backed by popular demand. It will be at the same place. Bloomington's FOP, which is the Fraternal Order of Police, at 2450 North Curry Pike from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And that is Saturday, which is, uh, the, is at the 17th, the 17th of June. So what we're doing with all the proceeds is to give it to the West Baden Church Renewal Project. We are wanting to help save this church which is the very last landmark of the African-American communities in Orange County. So think about that. This county at one time had a large population of African-American residents, large enough that it had supported three churches, the Dunbar Colored School, a hotel, the Wadi Hotel, restaurants, barbershops, The waiters and bellhops had formed two baseball teams who were outstanding, so much so that when they were recruiting for the Negro Baseball Leagues, they went to West Baden to those two hotels and got those waiters and bellhops. George Shively, who was from Bloomington, was a waiter there and played on the ball teams there. They were entertaining the guests. Also, at that time... Um, during American history was segregation. So the little church we're trying to save is called the First Baptist Colored Church of West Baden Springs, Indiana. And Liz, I know that when we were doing a little research, yes. the owner of the hotel at that time, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he saw the need with all of the black waiters, porters, and work staff that he knew the importance of having a church in that area. He knew the importance of having a church on his side of that area. There were two churches in French Lick. He didn't want his bellhops and waiters going to French Lick. Uh (laughs) Aha! He wanted his people 
his people to, to stay in West Bay. So that's how, because in French Lick, Chandler, Samuel Chandler, helped build the AME church, and they had a Baptist church in French Lick. And, you know, there's always been a little friction, a little competition between these two twin cities or towns. And so Mr. Sinclair is his name, built this little First Baptist colored church. And uh, it was the uh, his waiters that built it. They didn't have an architect. They didn't have plans. They built a sound church. I don't know if you've heard the men of Second Baptist Bloomington talk about trying to hammer a nail and having to dip it in Vaseline. Mm -hmm. That church was built to stay. Now let's think about this, Cornelius. Everything in the community has been torn down. It's not there except for this church. Why is that? It has withstood flooding, fire, neglect, and it's still there. There's a reason. So we have to fix this this little church up. It's a beauty. It's just beautiful to see. Every time we go down to work on it, we're blessed. People stop by and said, I am so happy you're working on this church. They give us a dollar, five dollars, whatever, to help us get this church. We have gotten such a warm and loving reception from the people in West Baden French Lick. I, I'm just humbled by it. I didn't know what to expect going to a little southern town. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta have your backup. Who's gonna say something negative? Am I going to experience any kind of racism? Let me tell you, none of that. Just a lot of love and a lot of people excited to see this church open up its doors. Uh, As of yesterday, as an example, the French Lick Museum decided on their own to put up an exhibit. And we had a grand opening and Second Baptist Church Bloomington Choir went down to sing. And people were driving by, we were singing outside, and they stopped in to say how excited they were that this church was gonna open its doors one day. Okay, we're gonna flip the script just a little bit, and mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about the juke joint. Okay. Not the specific event that's going on Saturday, mm-hmm. but juke joints, the historical concept of juke joints. Mm-hmm. Um, explain to our audience that may not know about the juke joints back in the day. Okay, you know, after slavery, we're doing slavery, we couldn't gather around. There were a lot of things we could not do. So during sharecropping days was was just another form of slavery. We did have the opportunity to go back in the woods. Uh, A lot of guys built old shack or it may have been one of the sharecropper shack just to get away from the pressures of white America we would have a place where we could let our hair down, be us, Joe Reed, laugh and talk, uh, have food, play games, cards, dominoes or whatever, and just just to try to be happy and to feel good being with among ourselves. And that's what a jute joint is. And they were in a lot of little places, just something back up in the woods in most instances. So. We uh, last year brought this back in because the resilience team did the play, Indiana's Untold Stories, and we wanted to um, show our audience and teach them about African-American culture, and that's part of our culture. The, the food 
and the dancing, the camaraderie, and everybody enjoyed it so much. The next day, we kept saying, when are you going to do it again? When are you going to do it again? So that event took a lot. So here it is. It will probably be annual. I'm not going to make any promises, but we'd like to, I'd like to see it done every year. And for our audience, if you think of the movie Color Purple, there was a scene in the movie where Suge was singing and they were just a partying. That was a juke joint, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so everybody will know we don't sell tickets. That's not what a juke joint does. First come, first serve. If you late, you don't eat. So uh, there'll be plenty of food for us, we think. At, at 6 o'clock, we're serving. Uh, the dinners are $15 for one and $25 for two. Now, I have a question, because mm-hmm. as I told you before the show, I'll be working to Taste of Bloomington, so unfortunately, I will not be able to be there this year. Oh, now too what? bad. No, 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 no. Let me ask my question. That's right. You can still buy a plate, though. Can I get that money and have my plate brought home to me? Oh. Oh, yeah. All right. You know what to do. All right. So I'll take care of that. So, yes, I might not be there, but... I'll, okay. I'll take you that when I get home. Okay. All right. The collard greens are ready. All I'll right. tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> and for our audience, you know, come out, have a good time. Uh, uh, Brother Doyle, popcorn is, is going to be. Is he going to do? Oh music yes, again? he's a DJ, and he knows how to get everybody up on their feet and dancing. Uh, There'll be card playing. I'll be out there playing bid. We'll whiz. be playing bid whiz and different other games. We're having a dunk tank again. And this time we want pastors in the tank. So Pastor Bruce Rose, who uh, he likes to kind of. Well, he got in there a couple times last yeah, year. Yeah, he likes to yeah. talk smack. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so uh, one of the pastors from the Unitarian Church will be in there. And I believe Pastor Donald Griffin Sr. will be one of the pastors. Well, you know, Minister Boone, our producer, uh, he, he needs to come in there and support there and uh, get I would cool love off it. there. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Can we shame him into I, I think, it? Well, I, I just tried. <laughs> <laughs> so we're really excited about putting the juke joint on. And like I said, we've had so many requests for it. Uh, how could we not? And then to have the opportunity to save this church. Um, it's a no-brainer. We had to do it. So we'd like everybody to come out and have some fun with us. You got the whole day to do other activities yeah, and then come on out at 6 o'clock and have your dinner with us. Sounds like fun. Now, you mentioned resilience, too. I did? Yes, you did. Just briefly. Just you briefly. She, she kind of so like we, snuck that uh, in there, too. Uh, just a little bit. You know, she said resilience and then resilience, too. And I was like, oh, we're going to have to, like, touch on that just, yeah, just a little, a little bit. bit. The only thing I can tell you is that as of two weeks ago, we started writing it. Okay. Uh, our plan is to have it on stage in by October of next year so and in time for Monroe County's Bicentennial. We've decided to celebrate Monroe County, the Underground Railroad, and both sides of the story. And that's all I can tell you. Excellent. Looking forward to it. So, Cornelius, are you going to put on your acting chops again, do you think? We'll see if there's a role, but absolutely if there is. Okay. Yeah. I would think by this date he wouldn't even have to audition. If there's a role, (laughs) I kind of think he's become our favorite go-to guy. He had several roles in the last one, so um, Mm -hmm. he could play several characters that he could And he's helped us a lot since then because we're doing a lot of video work, and Uh Cornelius has always said, yes, I'll come. Okay. So, So 
Liz, can you tell us what else is going on? You, okay. She, she has a plethora of I've things. I've got a list here. Okay. Uh, of course, like I said, June 17th is the Jute Joint at 2450 North Curry Pike, which is Fraternal Order of Police Building, and that's from 6 to 9 p.m. Now, uh-huh. now, for folks that aren't that aren't on the radio and other people that, that may hear about this, how can they contact you to get information about the Juke Joint? Great question. My email address is emich, E-M-I-T-C-H, 1441, at S as in Sam, B as in boy, C as in cat, global.net. You can reach me that way. Or you can always <laughs> stop in at Second Baptist Church, Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, Juliana, the secretary, has information. Uh, Pastor Rose there. And probably a lot of the church members. So you can always ask questions there if you okay. see someone. Okay. The next event that we uh, are having is July 15th at the West Baden Church, Colored Church in West Baden Springs, Indiana. Okay. July 15th is an ice cream social and jazz music put on by the razor blades which is jamal borden that will be from 11 a.m to 1 kind of short and sweet mm-hmm. it may be hot okay is so there a cost involved that is a free event we just want people to come out we'll sell raffle tickets come out and see the church there is so much history there in that area we just want people to come down come down as, and, and walk through the church take a tour Mm-hmm. July 15th, ice so cream how, So how, how, how long is the drive to get down to West Bay? About an hour and 15 minutes. That's almost on the border. Is that almost on the border of Indiana? Or yeah. Not? Okay. Well, not Indiana. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, there's another county, I think Du Bois okay. County. Okay. Kind of butts up okay. right to that. Okay. Yeah. Hour and 15 minutes and you can be there. And it's okay. a beautiful town. Okay. If you've not been there and seen the renovation, mm-hmm. it's, it's beautiful. Okay. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, the next thing that we are working on, and I'm, I'm hoping we can come through with this I've asked Dr. Tyron Cooper to put together a gospel explosion if you don't know Dr. Tyron Cooper he's been nominated for seven Grammys and I believe he's won three of the seven and so all information about that is to be determined because Dr. Cooper is setting that up but we are partnering with the town of West Baden Mm -hmm. they have a pumpkin festival every year and they are just they said, come, come join us, mm-hmm. begging us to partner with them. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to do that, and we hope to have our event at the church. Okay. They normally do the pumpkin festival at the go-kart. They have a karting, outdoor karting, mm-hmm. and we would kind of have like to have our setup right there at the church. But either way, all the details of that are to be determined. Okay. Well, it sounds like we've got a busy summer, a busy fall. <laughs> Um, I, I really encourage everyone that's interested in Indiana history, uh, especially black history, to contact Liz, to come on down to West Baden and just get involved because mm-hmm. we, we could really use your help. And, and it's a beautiful area, and it's a very worthwhile cause. Okay. Well, Liz, do you have any other parting words for our guests? Well, yeah, I'm going to give my email address again about the jute joint. Again, it's Saturday this coming Saturday, June 17th, uh, from 6 to 9, my email is emich, E-M-I-T-C-H, 1441, at S as in Sam, B as in boy, C as in cat, And please, come out and have a good time. If you're not at the taste, come out and get some original soul food. It will do your heart and your soul very good. Absolutely.
We want to thank Liz Mitchell for joining us this evening to discuss Juneteenth and other exciting events of interest that are upcoming in the black community. We want to know what you think of current black issues. Send your comments to Bring It On at WFHB.org. For Bring It On, I'm Cornelius Wright. And I'm Leela Randall. You're listening to Bring It On, Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African-American community here on WFHB 91.3 FM on your radio and live on the web at WFHB.org. We want to thank Renee Reed for joining us this evening, and as well as myself, to discuss our comedic skills and our journey to perfecting our craft. And we'd also like to thank Liz Mitchell for giving her, us her insights on um, Juneteenth and all of the current events down at West Baden and the church and also Minnie's juke joint that I can't wait to go. I want to see some. I want to see Clarence get dunked. Oh, that would be awesome. I want to see Clarence get dunked. So mm-hmm. we're going to have to talk him into it. Okay. Our show's executive producer is Clarence Boone, who we want to dunk with help from WFHB News Director um, Department Director Joe Crawford. Our news editor is Michael Nolan. Our board engineers are Jim Thrasher and Floyd Hobson. Our original theme music was created by Jamil Effiam with additional background tracks by David ba- Baker. For WFHB, I'm Leela Randall. And I'm Cornelius Wright. Be sure to tune in next week on June, next week, next Monday on Juneteenth, June 19th, hey, at 6 p.m. for another edition of Bring It On right here on your community radio station, WFHB. You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bringit at wfhb.org. That's bringit at wfhb.org.